Hey everyone, welcome back to the CRM podcast. If this is your first time, welcome to the podcast and enjoy. This episode is about what I've learned about leaving a professional rugby environment after two years. Uh, I feel like I've publicly displayed that I'm not really a rugby player anymore, I'm not really in that environment or sector and um, looking in hindsight, um, just a few of the key key things that I took out of it and, and, and I learned. So really looking forward to this one. Um, just a quick disclaimer that this is, it's my opinion and my reflection on my experiences and everyone has different experiences, but I hope you guys enjoy. We just sipping up, smoking, strolling, having a good day. That trunk full of rice and a nice cold case and the boys put up on display. We just sipping up, smoking, strolling, having a good day. That trunk full of rice and a nice cold case and the boys put up on display. Hey guys, welcome back to the CRM podcast. I thought it might be interesting to have a quick chat about what I've learned after leaving a professional rugby environment after two years in the hope that you guys can understand my learnings, my journey and possibly learn something yourself. So I would just want to make it clear that I'm extremely grateful for every opportunity that was given to me throughout my footy journey. Um, whether that be Kings, whether it be signing with a Naki as an 18 year old, making my debut, having a little bit of a run around with the Chiefs. And that my learnings, our experiences are different for everyone. And this episode is more speaking about my authentic experience. And if you think about a roster, you've got 30 players on a roster, that's 30 different opinions, 30 different players with emotions and different mental well beings. Um, 30 different people who the coach may need like 18 of them and the other 12 kind of either get shafted or they get put on the bench or they only get played when someone gets injured so um, I think it might it will be a good chat I think one thing before I get started is that I feel that things may come across as a little bit cutthroat but again this was my experience and at the end of the day it's a it's a cutthroat business in itself so We'll get stuck into it. Number one, you're sold a dream and almost a fake dream. And I feel like my experience was a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, one week I was in the 23, the next I wasn't, and then I was starting the week after that. And then after that week I was playing development and it was all a little bit um, shit. Am, am I going to play? Am I not? Am I going to get consistent minutes? Um, and it kind of it kind of messed with your emotions a little bit. Um, and when I look back at it, I think, shit, I never knew what was going on. I was never in control. Um, I never really asked the coach for feedback um, as as often as I should have. I kind of went with the flow. I went, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever will happen will happen. But at the end of the day, like, I wish that I kind of demanded more of him and, and, and asked more questions. Um Another one was like there was there was lack of comms, and when I had comms, they were they were contradicting. Um, much like how I was in the twenty three one week, and then I wasn't. Um, I, and I suppose if you're a coach and and you're honest with your players, then it's only, it's only gonna make the relationship better. And if you're not, then you'd probably look to change it. Um, and just on a side note here, like when you sign a contract for any sport. Nothing, nothing is owed to you. You don't just sign a piece of paper and think, oh, yeah, sweet, now I'm getting paid now. 
I get to play on the stadium, I get to sign autographs. No, this like the work starts as soon as you hit that pen and paper. Um, and I didn't expect nothing. I wasn't expected or owed anything. Um, but in my case, I would have appreciated just a little bit of honesty. Um, and, and, and again, probably demanded it a lot more. And the more you get played around, the less you start to care. And in my case, this is um, this is a big one. So the more I kind of started to get played around, the more I began almost rebelling against um rugby and 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 the coaches and I'd almost try and do the opposite of what they were wanting just to either piss them off or well, I, I suppose that's probably just my way of holding a grudge which was when I look back at it it was really immature um, but that's how I dealt with it as an 18 year old so I think when you start to lose your passion for it you lo- you start to lose focus and and, and and that's kind of where it all starts um it's quite a hard space to be in when all your mates are getting picked and getting selected and they're traveling and you're staying home and you're playing development and you're playing club and people who play club normally and you're on a full contract are getting played over you and it's quite a it's quite a different feeling and at, at the time I felt like I was the only one going through it but in hindsight I don't think I was so um, and then and, and it's just the snowball effect so you start to get you start to lose passion you start to lose focus you don't train as hard your skinnies get bad, you put on weight, you get unfit, you don't play as well, and then you obviously don't get picked after that, do you? So um, I think it all stems from one thing, and I think it's it's honesty, um, and I think you need to demand that off your coach, and just be more confident in yourself, and that's one thing that I wish I was more of, and will, um, at, the end of the, at the end of a few points that I've written down, I'll probably go through a few things that I wish in hindsight that I, I would have done, whether that be my behaviour, my mannerisms, or uh, just um, things that I wish I'd done different in the environment. Number two, you're so invested in that fake dream. Um, despite going through all of that uh, adversity described in point one, for some unknown reason, you just carry on and, and hope next time you'll get a crack. Um, and that's kind of flowing effect of not having good comms with your coach and not demanding more of your coach and I see it quite a lot in in my boys and even when I was in the environment I've been out of it for two years I still kind of see it on the outside and like I've seen it plenty of times boys get pushed around and used but never do anything to change it and I was one of them I was a classic example and when they do majority of the feedback is negative and it's I kind of feel like it's um I always use a an analogy of like a dangling the carrot. So if you if you think of like someone dangling a carrot and someone's or like a um or like an animal wants to try and jump up and get your carrot, and as soon as they jump up and grab it, they just like pull it. So like you can't really like it's pretty much that like it's real hit and miss, and um, that's kind of how I would best describe that whole realm because it, it is a different realm. It's kind of like a you get left out. Um, you feel isolated and you don't know who to talk to and what to talk to. And I mean, for my case, like I was in a flat of four and the other three were all starters and I, was, I wasn't I was even close. So when I went home, I couldn't really, I couldn't really talk to them because um, we were just, we we're both in different mindsets. So, I mean, I still don't have, I still don't have an answer for why they just carry on and, and wait for their crack. 
um, it's all a bit, in hindsight, I mean, it's all a bit, um, it looks a lot more simple, but when you're in the moment, it, it seems confusing and you're like, shit, you don't want to step on anyone's toes and you just want to make sure you train hard so hopefully you get a crack next week and uh, hopefully you're in the 23, not by someone getting injured, but maybe your form's playing better, you know, just little stuff like that. Um, but in hindsight, you're definitely invested in that dream and you'd kind of do whatever it takes. You, it doesn't matter how much you sacrifice. So, for example, my second year of 20s, I sacrificed flatting with my mates. Um, I sacrificed eating junk food because I thought that if I ate, ate better, I would have trained better, which made me play better, which made me closer to maybe getting a shot. I made sure that I moved the way I changed my accommodation. I lived by myself so I could control how much sleep I got so I wasn't on the piss every weekend. And that actually... engrossed me and it turned out to be my life and the more I started sacrificing I felt like the more nothing was happening so it definitely made the experience a lot, a lot less enjoyable and this is kind of where it starts to affect your mental stability and question how how long you can kind of um, endure it for and I can see so many boys still chasing that dream that I was once a part of and I'm still in the same spot and I feel like after two years I've done a lot more and what I would have done if I was still playing footy, I feel like I still would have been in the same mindset. Um, I feel like I may would have I may have gone on a little bit higher, maybe not. Um, there would have been, you know, a lot more heartbreak. I could have gone overseas, um, but I feel like I've learnt a lot more in terms of life, in terms of myself in the last two years. And I wish that those boys that were in a similar position to me when I left kind of had the same but I feel like they're still in that kind of realm and I, like I hope I hope I'm wrong um because I want all my boys to exceed and I want them to do great things so that leads me on to point number three there but there are bigger and better things in life and if you're not enjoying what you're doing all it takes is courage to change it and it's easier said than done 100% and I know that from experience because I suppose when I reached my trigger point where I couldn't endure anymore, everyone has different break points. And for some reason, I I hit mine one day, and that's when I kind of began to throw my toys out of the cot and hang the boots up. So when I reached my trigger point where I was anxious and stressed about pretty much everything, I pretty much couldn't, I couldn't take any more stress and anxiety on board in terms of, oh, man, am I going to play this week? Oh, shit, like, it's just a, you, you actually lose sleep over it. And I think I've realized that there was surely something out there that would that would make me have passion again. And because I was, I was well aware that I'd lost passion a long time ago. And um, I thought that I'd nutted out for like the end of that, that minor team season, but it just, it just didn't happen to be, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose it's put it simple, Rugby no longer made me happy, so I searched for something that did. And being in a man environment, being in a masculine sport um, where 130 kg boys lock horns and they fucking try and you know they try and hook into each other and fucking scrap and try and fold each other and shit. Like being in an environment like that and having achieved so little in such a short amount of time, but being so young. Um, made it hard to articulate my decision and it's not one that I'm ashamed of um, 
back then when I made my decision, I was anxious to tell anyone. Now I don't give a fuck. Like, I feel like I've grown in that aspect as well. And it, it wasn't normal for someone who had experienced what I experienced at such such a young age just pull the pin and just quit altogether. And I think that's that's one thing that kind of shook a lot of people is that, well, what the fuck, like, what's he up to? Like, he's only, he's only young, he's only just started, but people don't realise that my journey and my stress and anxiety started all the way back to when I first went to Auckland. And that was 2014 and I gave up and, well, not give up, you know, I, I changed, I changed my life. I, so I went to Auckland 2014 and I changed in 20 into 2018 so five years of being stressed as as a 15 as a 15 16 17 year old trying to juggle a whole heap of shit is it's fucking hard man and um i suppose in hindsight i didn't really know how to deal with that um i think i did mask it a little bit i'm not gonna lie um but but again hindsight's a beautiful thing and that's the whole um the whole reason of this episode so no one, when I made my decision, no one really knew why. Um, no one knew that it, I'd suddenly done it. I kind of just fell off the face of the earth, didn't talk to anyone, isolated myself. And um, when the next season came around, there was a few people reaching out, but I kind of just flipped them off. So um, it took a lot of courage to... It wasn't hard making the decision. What was hard about it was articulating that to people and publicly putting it out there to say, hey, look, nah, like my journey here is done, I'm moving on, because for a lot of people, that's the start. Um, which, again, leads me on to point number four, is nothing is forever. And that's in, that's in all things. Um, all good things come to an end, and... This for me was no different. Um, hindsight is such a good thing, and when it all ended, it made me appreciate the highs, the lows, the successes, in the moments of um, the moments of learning, and and I think it all shaped me to be who I am today. And I don't define myself as a rugby player anymore. I used to, um, but I feel like there's more out there for me now, and I'm grateful that it happened. And it's such an amazing journey and something that I'm so grateful for to experience on it so young. But it can be taken away from you just as fast as you get it. And if you ask any professional footy player who, who's had a sniff, might attend Super Rugby at all, you know, like it can only take one game, one sniff to kind of be locked in and kind of get stuck in and invested in that fake dream again. Because if you kind of... If you think of a player who has had a sniff, might attend Super Rugby, Māori All Blacks, whatever, and now they're out of the game, um, just try and try and think of these four points and kind of relate it back to them and, and see how you find it. Um, and if you found it helpful, then, then then flick me a message. But again, if you talk to any any uh, professional rugby player, they they will tell you that that will be taken away from you just as fast as you got it. And that can be a range of things. It can be disciplinary matters. It can be um, injuries. And injuries are a big one. So um, just to summarize, 
the main one. You're sold a dream, almost a fake dream. Number two, uh, you're so invested in that fake dream. Number three, there are bigger and better things in life. If you're not enjoying what you're doing, all it takes is courage to change. And number four, nothing is forever. Um, and just to finish off, I'm just going to go over a few points that four, these are four things that I would have done differently in hindsight. Um, number one, I would have been more patient. Um, I would have bided my time more, um, knowing what I know now. I probably would have stuck it out for another season. Um, I'm, I would have moved uh, provinces and, and and just kind of see what that looked like for me. Um, I felt like I wasn't ready for that. Um, I wanted to play for the Naki. You know, I'm born and bred there. That was my team. And I, I think that was more of an emotional decision than a rational one. Um, I wonder if things would be different if I did play just one more season. Um, in saying that, I don't regret my decision. Um, I don't regret not playing that year after I left. Um, everything happens for a reason, and I'm grateful. Number two, I would have demanded more from my coaches, and more so, I would have demanded honesty. Um, don't sell me that fake dream. And like they they owe you honesty. Like what you don't. What do you sign a contract and then just get lied to? Like that's not. <laughs> that's not how it fucking works man like it's I mean like when I look back at it now again it's quite simple but when you're in the moment it's all a bit confusing so demand demand honesty from your coach you know have that transparent relationship say coach what am I doing wrong or what don't you like about my game so I can fucking fix it you know like am I making eight tackles and not ten tackles or am I not getting enough turnovers or is my kicking you know like is my kicking a little bit off you know like just Ask them questions, demand it, and if they don't have answers for you, but you're still not playing, then bro, fucking change your team because that's playing up. Um, number three, I associated a negative mindset, a negative mood, and negative emotions with playing bad, and playing bad was my mindset and. What it did was it engrossed my whole life. And Saturday I'd play bad, Sunday I'd feel shit, Monday I'd feel like fuck, anxious about playing bad again. Um, I didn't know how to deal with parking it and then moving on and then being excited for the next game. It almost made me not scared, but you know, just a little bit anxious about the next week, which is, of course, that's going to make you not enjoy your footy. So when I played bad, I would associate my emotional wellness around that and for example this could be you know like you lose by three points to a big team and then everyone's on the piss but you're not and you're being a sad cunt like fuck it's one it's like a game you know like it's literally just a game and you should just be grateful that you're able-bodied to be able to play that fucking game and to be able to be on that field so um that was one thing that I wish I did differently is is I would have been positive regardless of the result regardless of how I played and I'll tell you a quick story so my year 12 we played a semi-final in the 1A against Grammar at Grammar so Kings Grammar big rivalry uh, we lost it was a wet day um, it was more like it was more like of a kicking battle um, our set piece wasn't going that well and and we lost and um, you know like we'd made semis and we had a good team but we just fell short to one of our biggest rivals and we were away and you know we'd like we'd all reflected on it and stuff and we're in the change rooms and I decided to chuck a UE beam on and just play some music you know like um, 
and I remember chucking on some music. Some of the boys were like having a laugh and stuff like it's all good. Like, and then I I get called out afterwards and um, I, I get I get spoken to and it's like oh I, I think you should um you'd have a little bit more of a thought about um why we lost and stuff and you know like playing music probably isn't the best thing and I'm like and. I think for me, like, in that moment, like, I kind of understood. I kind of went with the flow. I respected my coach, so I valued his opinion and stuff. And when I look back at it, I'm like, fuck, man, like, we're just kids. We just played on a bigger stage. Like, we're fucking achieved so much. And, you know, let's enjoy these moments. Let's not fucking... Let's not... um, Let's not be negative. Let's not feel sorry for ourselves in this moment. And then, because we're never going to get this moment back. And... um, I wish I wish that I had a play playing that music, you know, like, and and I think I learnt that more when I went into a fresh and rugby environment, like when we lost the game, like we're still on the bus having yarns, like listening to music, having a few beers, like it was just a fucking mean environment, and um, I think associating a negative mindset with your playing ability and and the results is definitely a bad trap to get into, and I highly recommend if you're doing that to do your best to to get out of it. And the last one, just back back myself more. Um, I wish I had more confidence in my ability. I knew I was good, but I didn't articulate to that articulate that to the coaches, to other people. Um, I kind of went with the flow, and I was never one to say, "Hey, look, hey, look at me! Like I'm fucking good too. Why don't you pick me?" Um, so. Those are, four, those are four things that I would do differently, um, but I hope that was a good insight into a little bit more about my journey. Um, I'm doing a videography session with a few episodes with my brother-in-law, um, which will be uh, pretty pretty exciting, and I'm looking forward to having more of a visual representation into my journey, um, and hopefully you guys can learn something from that. Um, but again, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Um, but if you're an old listener, thanks for listening again and hope you guys have a good day.